Hi, and welcome to Steel Wheel Stories. With your host, Chris Jowett and Jake Somerville, where we talk about stories of collecting, restoring, and showing antique tractors and steam engines built before 1930. Join us while we and guests share stories about the hunt, tales of restoring, and memories of enjoying. Steel Wheel Stories is proudly sponsored by Engineers and Engines Magazine. A printed, full-color, bi-monthly magazine for all the steam, gas, tractor, railroad, locomotive, and farm machinery enthusiasts. Call or email Brenda Stamp for your subscription today. Email address brenda at engineersandengines.com or phone number 410-673-2414. Mention Steel Wheel Stories when purchasing and get your first magazine free. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Steel Wheel Stories, episode 11. Jacob Somerville here with me. No, we can cut that out. <laughs> I, I told Haley before we started this episode, I said, I'm just going to start this episode. As soon as Jake answers the phone, I'm not giving him any time to react to anything. And then here we talked for a few minutes before we uh, got started. But, you know, here it is, episode 11. Yeah. Coming to you late. Uh, it's been a busy summer, uh, really just, I mean, for me, July has flown by. I know it's been probably the same way for you. Yeah. July, uh, blinking, blinking our eyes here and we're through June and we're through July. It yeah. just seems like that's the way, it, the way it goes for us here in the summer. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty crazy. I look back at the calendar as I was doing my billing for the company today and I was like, man, I was gone for the 4th of July, and then we went to Crosby, and one thing after another, you know, and it just boom. Well, then I went to St. Louis in between those two for NBIC meeting, and it was just a lot of stuff at the beginning of the month for me, and then, and then you know, not so much towards the end of the month for me, but uh, for you, definitely, with just finished up Mason show uh, yesterday, I guess, or Sunday, I guess. Yeah, it just kind of flies by. Mix in 4th of July there in, for us in between Wauseon and Mason, and then this year, you know, we took a trip up there to, to Crosby uh, kind of in between there and, uh, and any spare time we have is all spent uh, setting up the, the Mason show, which, you know, anymore it's, we've, we've kind of got a system down and there's a lot more permanent structures up and it really, I mean, it takes a lot of work, but we've, we've really eliminated a lot of the redundant unnecessary work over the years by uh, improving the showgrounds and putting up structures and, you know, getting better equipment here or there, or, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, it doesn't go too bad, but it still kind of takes a small army. And, you know, <laughs> we joke about it at the uh, end of the show there. Um, you know, Sunday afternoon after the parade, it's kind of a mad dash to get everybody out of there. And I mean, in the blink of an eye, you know, two maybe two hours, the showgrounds goes from completely full to almost completely empty. And, yeah. You know, we we spend three or four weeks putting everything together, and in a matter of four or five hours, all the vendors are out of there. Everything's cleaned up, benches and trash barrels and all the necessities, all that stuff's put away and uh, kind of just looks like a ghost town. Yeah. One of the neat things that I've always heard you talk about is how you guys go out there and stay in campers the whole weekend before the show. You know, I mean, I know that doesn't happen where I'm from, you know, I mean, I'm not saying other people don't do it, but I just really think that's neat that you guys do that. And it, and once again, it boils down to, you know, how many people are in your area, close-knit-wise and everything else. It's That's really cool, I think. Yeah, there's a pretty big group of us that go out there, and we've been doing it for, man, I don't, as long as I can remember. Maybe even 
as long as I've been alive, I guess. Uh, but yeah, the the weekend before, and a lot of times it's the two weekends before, mm-hmm. uh, and we just we go out there and we camp and we kind of hang out and you know we do a little bit of work here and then we go mess around and play with something here and then we do a little bit more work and you know, it just kind of takes the the quote unquote work aspect out of it and kind of kind of becomes you know fun. It's a camaraderie thing. The guys getting together and having a couple beers and putting stuff together and thinking about new ideas and then you stay out there with your family and uh, usually we had a, a in the mornings we'd do a big breakfast spread for everyone we cook uh, cook breakfast over a three foot by four foot skillet over top of a uh, campfire and we'd have eggs and bacon and uh, potatoes and a friend of ours uh, used to work at a, a tortilla making factory and he'd bring fresh tortillas over so we'd have big gigantic breakfast burritos each morning and uh, we've that little traditions kind of went by the wayside the last couple of years, but uh, now those two weekends there before the show are a lot of fun, and, and then we get to the show and everybody's kind of wore out and spent from doing all the work and everything, and we put the show on, and man, by Sunday night it's it's time to lay down and take a take a nap. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, basically, like the farthest fetch that we get close to that even is. Oh, before our Lathrop, Missouri show, like, we're, we're all about, you know, say, 45 minutes to an hour and a half away from the show grounds, people that bring steam engines there anyways, and we all meet up there on Saturday usually, and, you know, we're all trucking our engines up there and dropping them off, and we'll have lunch together and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, it would be, and usually taking campers up also, and it would really be neat if we just kind of turned that into an afternoon, evening thing or whatever, and have a meal for everybody and just kind of a nice breather without the show being involved and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, it, uh. Like I said, I've told Haley several times, I was like, man, we should really go up there that weekend before and we'll just stay, you know, Saturday to Saturday or something like that, you know? (laughs) It sounds like a ton of fun, you know? Oh, yeah, it it is. And I usually take the the week before the show completely off. So I I guess this year and last year anyways, I I stayed out there Monday, well, I guess the Friday before all the way through the show. So that that whole week I stayed out there. Oh, man wife was at home with uh with our son throughout the week she had to work a couple more days but i spent the majority of the week out there helping people get unloaded oh uh, moving stuff around with the backhoe and all that stuff and uh yeah it's just it's a lot of fun we uh we have a lot of, a lot of good times out there sure sure yeah i guess uh speaking of good times uh we traveled to crosby north dakota there what was that be like the second weekend in july uh kind yeah, of a week, weekend after the fourth wasn't it yeah yeah uh yeah. kind of a a group of us i guess i uh flew to minneapolis and, and met jake and some other people from michigan there and we uh continued to head west then on another airplane flight out to williston and then drove up to crosby and took in the show all of us kind of for the first time there uh except for i guess chris hudson was with us he uh he had been there before uh but the rest of us we had never been out there so it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's always interesting to see how other people put shows on and and what all's involved. And you know, I I'd highly recommend it. Uh, there's so much stuff there. It's really hard to kind of take all in. You know, especially you couldn't do it in one day. I, I don't think. I mean, there's so much stuff there just to kind of look at and and see the variety of everything and stuff that you know 
couple, I mean, I can just think of two pieces. I mean, there's several pieces that are one of a kind, you know. Um, you know, if you're a diehard prairie tractor guy, you know, go out there. And even a steam engine guy, uh, there's a lot of, you know, unique, different stuff, really unique stuff that cool we, stuff, yeah. yeah, there was, I mean, for sure, two engines that I'd never even seen those brands before, ever, you know. Uh, so that, that was pretty neat and a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's a show that I never really thought I could ever get to because of how much uh, we're involved with the Mason show, which, as we just saying there, we spend the, the two weekend before Mason, we spend that out at the showgrounds getting ready. So Crosby just kind of never, ever worked out. And, well, the thing is, it was just never going to work out. So uh, that was kind of part of the reason for going on top of it being uh, my, my cousin Dale, who uh, uh, we'll have on here eventually, but uh, he's getting married this fall and uh, wanted to know what he wanted to do for a bachelor party and kind of, you know, he mentioned maybe going to, uh, steam show and i said well why don't we take an opportunity and, and make it a, a crosby trip so a group of us did that there and uh made the excuse to to get out of mason so um yeah really really glad that we did it it's, it's well worth the trip for anybody who's never been out there or never heard of the place uh john tissy and um several of the other folks out there it, the collection is is unbelievable there's there is absolutely more stuff there than any one person should ever have. It's, <laughs> it is, it's, it is crazy how much stuff is there. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know the best. I mean, I've, we've all been to big shows, uh, you know, Rolog and just say Rolog and Mount Pleasant is kind of in there for some bigger shows, you know, uh, but this was this was a big show in itself, and the variety of things you see there, and just the way everything is displayed, and all that kind of stuff. It's unlike any big show that I've ever been to. I would I would say it's unlike any other show in the country yeah. because of that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. And fortunately enough, there's enough room for all that stuff. Man, I, what is there? Is there is there sixty tra- prairie tractors there? I have no idea. Um, I was talking to my I dad about even, that the I other day. I never added them up. Yeah, I'd have to look back at a picture. I mean, they're kind of all in a row there or a circle or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, I took several pictures of them kind of all at a distance, you know, and different stuff like that. But I never sit there and counted them by any means. And and it's kind of funny the way that they line up all the, say, all the prairie tractors, except for all the Rumleys are, like, all in a row of their own. And then the steam engine's kind of in another row of their own. And, uh, yeah, and the the grounds are... Oh, it's different than here at home. You know, here at home, everything's kind of rolling hilly. Yeah, and out yeah. there, you're so flat, so you don't realize, in a way, I don't think that how much stuff is really there until you kind of sit back and look at it all. Because you're not, you know, you're not walking over a hill to see this. You're walking over, it's all kind of right next to each other, you know. Well, when that six-cylinder big four looks like a little tiny anthill on this, I bet you know how big the showgrounds is. Yeah, and I, I don't think that the property doesn't do a lot of those big objects justice, I feel. <laughs> Having that kind of oh, big no, open area, it, it really doesn't make it, you know, you get somewhere where there's kind of close quarters or uh, something like that, you know, things really show their size. And, and out there, the, the way the grounds are, they really don't give those big things justice because they're not in the, our normal atmosphere of how we see stuff, you know. Yeah. Yep, uh, that's for sure. And what what was Glenn saying? It's like a, a two or three day ordeal trying to get all those tractors out of the big hoop buildings that are oh, up yeah. the road. Yeah, 
yeah, and he was saying that, you know, they would, uh, you know, drag two or three at a time or whatever over there because it was a little bit of distance from the showgrounds, but not, you know, a manageable distance for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure it takes several days worth of work to get all that stuff out. Just to get yeah, it out I mean, of the yeah. building, not not counting, you know, a lot, most of all stuff, as far as I could tell, ran, or I seen running at least once or twice when I was there, you know. Yeah, I think that was the other impressive part was everything there, like, kind of more or less runs. I mean, maybe not to go out and plow with it or something, but, I mean, it the stuff does does run. Um, there are people from all over the country that come out there and kind of commit to, you know, running a tractor or running a steam engine for John for the weekend and it's all kind of coordinated uh, for the most part through Glenn and I I give it to them they uh, they really they put a lot of effort to to getting that show on and uh, it's it's definitely worth a trip out there yeah and kind of besides all the steam steam engines and tractors and stuff uh, the showgrounds themselves the way that they had you know lots of buildings set up uh, kind of like an old town area or whatever uh, kind of an excess of a better part of some of the shows that I've seen out there of that sort of thing, you know, Uh, kind of a blacksmith shop and a gas station and all that different stuff. You know, some shows seem to be really geared towards that and making a point to have all those things. And some shows aren't. And, and I'm not saying one needs to be one way or another, but they did focus on that quite a bit, kind of having their town set up that way and everything else. Yeah, they do. They've got a lot of permanent structures there and, Oh, I don't know. What Crosby was what a town there is twelve hundred people or something. Is that what the sign said? I don't know. I thought I, I thought the lady on the airplane said there was twelve hundred people in the county. Is what she told me. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's in the county. Yeah. But anyways, it, it's not a very big town, and this show is like uh, it, it like more than doubles the size of this town uh, for this two or three day show there, and it seems like everybody shows up for the parade. So we. We uh, we took the uh, corner bracket advanced, 20 horse corner bracket advanced from uh, the Memke collection. Memke's have uh, several pieces there at the they're, they're stored there at the at the showgrounds now. Um, so we took that and we took it through the parade. And man, I couldn't believe how many people were up in that little town area where we run through for the parade. Oh, yeah. It was packed. Yeah, the 2021 census says 1,061 people. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people were there for the show, but the, the show easily doubled or tripled the population of the town there. Oh, easily, easily. No, it was, uh, that was a good time. Highly highly suggest going out there to, to see it at least once in your life. It's <laughs> If you live in the Midwest or really anywhere else in the country, it is a long ways away. Oh, my goodness. So, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I can't would, imagine. I would plan on trying to fly. Yeah, I mean, we both live pretty busy lives with kids and everything else, so travel time uh, is kind of an issue. You know, you just can't go taking off on a three-day drive to get somewhere, or a two-day drive, or, or whatever. Like, I was thinking when Google Maps said, like, a 24-hour drive from my house to Crosby, North Dakota, you know, so... You know, obviously travel time's a thing, and we all flew up there, and, and I, at this point in my life, can't really imagine doing it any other way, but, you know, it would be neat to drive up there someday, or, or you know, I came home, you know, telling the wife and kids about it, and my dad about it, and I definitely would like to go back sometime here in the next two or three years or something, take it all in, maybe take my dad up there and see it all, because uh, it's it's definitely a show you want to return to every few years if you aren't closer, or, or if you make it your every year thing, you know. Uh, like we mentioned, we both kind of have busy shows before and after and all that kind of stuff. And for a long time, it just seemed like it wasn't a reality to even be able to make it out there with everything we had going on. 
yeah, but uh, it's it's definitely worth it. They uh, it, the steam engines, the the unique steam engines there. The a thirty horse Robert Bell is just a really impressive steam engine to see and uh, to see it operate. And then they they had it out and they they plowed with it to see that thing actually out working was that was well worth the trip in and of itself. And uh, there's a lot of people that have never seen a uh, twenty eight or the thirty two. I guess same thing. The the tricycle style uh, American Able. Yeah. Um, they're just they're really impressive pieces to to go up and look at and something you're likely to never see again. So yeah. Uh, the, those two pieces there are really cool. I guess what's what's some of the stuff on the gas side? I guess there's an Imperial tractor there. That's a uh, pretty unique tractor. Harpar uh, Little Devil that. I think that's the only one. I'm not completely sure. Uh, the uh, Geyser tractor. That's a really unique, rare tractor. It's mm-hmm. a man. It's just a lot of really cool aspects to that tractor. That big um, four that you were talking about, the six cylinder one. Yeah. What was it? Yeah, the big four. I guess they call it a sixty, don't they? I believe so. Yes. Or big yeah. four for six cylinder tractor. Six cylinder. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't remember the exact story. I, I've read it before. Uh, I couldn't remember. I don't remember if Harold Ottaway and John Tissy put that together together. If that's how the story went, uh, but I know that Harold and and John were both involved in it or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's kind of got a pretty unique story of its own. Yeah, it does. Well, was it uh, what did Ed Larson end up with there? That's a camshaft out of one or something. That yeah, that's right. I remember that when we were down there. Yeah, he had a camshaft out of one of them six cylinder big fours. I swear that thing yeah, was like it. it looked like sitting there in the shed. It was six foot long, but it almost looked like it was eight foot long. It was it was a long camshaft, long dwindly thing for as long as it was. Well, I got I took a picture from the, the the platform of it, and you just there's there's a cylinder head and a cylinder head and a cylinder head. And yeah. it just keeps on going. <laughs> it is uh, kind of weird. Pretty impressive. I mean, I, I've seen uh, like uh, the uh, big sixty ninety Twin Cities. I mean, that's six cylinder also, and man, that is man, I've would venture to say that mass size or weight size that big twin city in, engine has to be twice the weight as what that uh six cylinder big four engine is it's it's kind of on a different realm of its own um just the way that they built them or whatever you know i don't know all the specifics but uh it's it's a very very neat tractor to see yeah yeah i would agree uh i guess he had several different uh alton taylor tractors there there's Square Radiator 3060 and uh, kind of the later style 3060. And, yeah, there was um, oh, two, yeah, 20, two round radiators, 2550. I guess. And, yeah. Yeah, 2550 and a 2245. Um, yeah, I, the list, list goes on. We we could go on and on and on. But there's, yeah, I would make it, make it a priority. Get up there. Yeah, and then all the ago. parts and pieces sitting around town of different things that John's gathered up and... That big Buffalo oh, yeah. Pits steam engine, that thing was cool. Oh yeah, that's. I would say that's got to be a one of a kind too. I don't. I don't know as if I've ever seen another picture of one. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know. Was everybody saying it was like a twenty-two special or something, or is that not right? Wow, well, that I don't know. I guess I don't know either. I don't know what size it is. But, but yeah. be it that them got them wide wheels on it, yeah, extra a, yeah. extra loads on it. It's just a really cool stance of an engine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of bizarre how those wheels were made being extra wide like that. 
And then the hub being kind of two pieces, the way it was all built together, you know. And I mean, you could, you could tell that they, it's not like they went out and set a, made a hub for a set of wide wheels, like, say, a case engine or whatever. They right. took their wheel hub and took an extension rim hub and made an extra wide wheel, you know. It was kind of, yeah. it was yeah. obviously, a, a, surely a, a special order thing at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So. Oh man! But what one thing I probably always remember about it, though is how hard the wind blew the whole time we were there. Oh yeah, Just, it, it, it well, and then the you've experienced it, but I've never been around it. Was all the smoke from the you know Canada wildfires and stuff like that? Uh, the way the haziness would kind of set in with all that—that that was something I'd never experienced. You guys get it up in Michigan a little bit, but we've never really had it down this way. Uh, but yeah, just that constant wind reminded me of being in Kansas or Nebraska or something like that. Yeah, it ain't nothing like back here in Michigan. Flatland up there, there I guess there ain't nothing to stop the wind, so it's just blowing. <laughs> I've got a, got a picture of the or a video of the Altman Taylor uh, 3060 on the thrash machine, and the one that's got the frill around the the canopy and mm-hmm. the, the frills up there just whipping straight sideways oh, yeah. in the video. And we were talking about like a tree around to you know kind of make justice for size for some of the stuff. Yeah, there's trees around, but not like readily around, you know. So it's a right. pretty sparse country out there for trees. That's for sure. Yep. Well, uh, obviously you just had your Mason show and we'll kind of get to that. Have you been working on anything, Jake? Man, I honestly, I haven't had a split second to think about working on anything. And that's everybody comes up to me and is asking, oh, what have you been doing on the 30 horse advance and mm-hmm. how are you coming on it? And man, I gotta be honest. I, have, I haven't touched that thing in like almost two months. It's, yeah. it's just that time of year and I'm itching to get back on it, but I just, I ain't there yet. I'm, I'm tired. We got more shows coming up. Uh, I just I don't see any more work getting done on it here until until it gets uh, winter time. We start slowing down a bit. Well, it'll be here before we know it. That's for sure. I mean, no, I, was... I take that back. I I took. I guess I did do a little work, if you want to call it work. I uh, I replaced all the plowshares on my John Deere plow before. Oh, yeah. uh, before Mason. Yeah. That's you know a whole I don't know three hours there the one morning. Uh, Got those all switched out, and uh, I had some shares all sharpened up and some points put on a uh, fellow that we know. Uh, man, we put it in the ground on, on Friday there at Mason, and, man, it, it went in the ground better than it ever has gone in. Mm-hmm. I uh, that, was, that was well worth the, the effort and the money to get them done and uh, to put them on and everything. Yeah, there wasn't no standing on the beams or nothing. It, they just they sucked right in the ground. And, and usually, Mason, the the plow field out there is usually about like concrete here at the end of July. And we had just we gotten a little bit of rain, so it had softened it up a little bit. There's a little moisture in the ground, so I'm sure that helped. But uh, man, them shares they they worked phenomenal. Yeah, they the little I, well, I hate to miss the show this year, but I did miss the show this year. I've, I guess I've been going well really been going to mason for that weekend for three years in a row but only to the show for two years in between COVID or whatever then too but really hated to miss this year we just had a, a lot going on and kind of planned a different trip later in the summer here to come up and visit you all and kind of put the show dates to the side so but i had some serious fomo the whole time i, I really wish we would have <laughs> and there was almost a last minute trip may because some stuff we had going on here kind of fell apart but just family and and everything else just busy and 
kids sports already starting back up and all that kind of stuff. So it was just decided that we were going to stay home, but I enjoyed every video that I seen of everybody that was up there. Yeah. We, we tried really hard to make it, make the FOMO real for you. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I can't sit here and say that I won't ever miss another one, but it definitely makes me uh, not to want to miss another one. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, if, if there was any year to miss, this one probably wasn't the worst one to miss just because, you know, I guess on Thursday night we had uh, three and a half inches of rain uh, and our showgrounds uh, over the years, we've done a lot of work to help divert water because we have had some washouts over the years, but, uh, but it, it really took that three and a half inches of water on Thursday night uh, fairly well. I mean, the roads were a little sloppy, but uh, fortunately we had uh the highway commission was coming through and they were rode a mill in the highway to put new asphalt down. And we got in with them and all oh, they hauled in uh, truckload after truckload of asphalt millings. And we spread them out across the grounds over the, the roads there. And uh, I guess they did that all day, man. I, I bet you they hauled in 40 loads of asphalt millings and we spread it across the grounds and, Oh, there was clumps here and there or whatever, but it wasn't muddy. So guys went out and they were running around on them and got everything kind of busted up and, by the end of the show here, I mean, it was pretty well leveled out. I mean, there really isn't any cleanup for the, on the roads or anything, no ruts or nothing. So that worked out, worked out really good. Uh, we did got a, well, I guess Friday afternoon, it dried up pretty good and activity kind of got right after it. We were able to plow, uh, on Friday afternoon. Um, I don't know, there was probably six or eight engines out there that, that made rounds. We had a 3060 Alton Taylor tractor out there and we plowed with it for the first time. Uh, that was a that was a success. I would say that was uh, probably the highlight of my weekend. Was was doing that. Uh, didn't know what to expect. Didn't know if we we're gonna have a clutch slipping or if something was gonna get hot or if we we're gonna end up with some extra parts because we'd never had it under a load. And uh, well, we put ten bottoms in the ground and we just went went around the field. So uh, that, went, uh, that went off without a hitch. That was good. Um, and then. Of course, uh, Friday night we we got some more rain, which we didn't need, and the roads there they they took it pretty okay, but kind of again slow slow Saturday morning until about one or two o'clock, and uh, activity picked back up, and people got over on the dyno, and uh, we pulled I don't know probably eight eight or ten engines anyways on uh, on Saturday with it, and we went out to try to plow on uh, on Saturday and. You know, at, at Mason, we've got only seven acres there. So in the past, we've been uh, replowing, and uh, guys get out there with the tractors afterwards, and they disc it all down, and it's all fit back down, and we just go right back in and uh, plow it up again. Well, we we were going to do that again this year, and well, that uh, rain on Friday night that really soaked into that uh, plowed up ground that was all fit back down. Uh, they went out there for about 20 feet, and they they couldn't even get the plow in the ground, so. Uh, plowing got to a little postponed there on, uh, on Saturday, but Sunday we got back after it with a little bit of ground we had left with the, uh, uh, or that had been unplowed, uh, made another round with the, with 3060. And I think Kevin made a round with the, uh, 25 Alton Taylor. Um, well, I guess you've probably seen the, the videos there, uh, Chandler or Dylan with the 65 case. I got that thing stuck. Yeah. That was, uh, well, that was probably <laughs> just cause Dylan was on the back. Yeah, it was, it was, I think that was it. It's I, kind of his name. I, I think that was part of his plan. Yeah, total sabotage. Uh, but they, I got that unstuck, and 
I guess everybody got done with that, and everybody heads back to the dyno after the after the parade. It just seems like uh, everybody slowing down, and there's a couple guys that really want to get back after it. And I don't know, we get a line of guys out there pulling on the dyno, and we get a big crowd around, and we pull until uh, it's getting dark, anyways, and then they get ready and do a spark show. Had a pretty good spark show on Saturday night, and I'm not usually one for you know kind of the spark show thing. Kind of you've seen one, you've seen them all. Uh, we, had, we had four engines in the belt, and that was a it was a really good spark show. Everybody did a really good job. Uh, everybody had water. Uh, yeah, it was a really good spark show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, well, like we said before, that which helps make the show go around and what people enjoy and keep them coming back. Yeah, that's for sure. And maybe the other highlight for me was, and uh, I just want to say thank you to the guys that that uh, did come up to me. But I had several people at the at the Mason show come up and introduce themselves to me, and uh, just appreciated the the podcast and saying how much they liked it, and uh, they wanted to keep going and uh, their support and everything. And uh, it was just it was really cool to, to have some folks come up and say we listened to it. This is great. Keep it going. Uh, really appreciate that, everyone out there that uh, that's doing that. We we appreciate that. Yeah, it the you know congratulation or the pat on the back kind of always helps and kind of put the the work into the back of this and keep it going and everything else. Uh, you know, it, it all makes it worthwhile in the end. And we uh, oh, I guess it was the weekend. It wasn't last weekend. Two weekends ago. Two weekends ago, we went up to Hamilton, Missouri, and a friend of mine, uh, Jay Christman, had his 22 Advance out there, and we were thrashing for some Amish, and even had a couple people, local people, steam people up there come up to me and, you know, kind of saying, hey, you know, how do I listen to this, or whatever, you know, and then also, you know, a couple more people laying, hey, we enjoyed this show, or we enjoyed that show, so, yeah, it's always good to hear, because uh, sometimes in the background of doing all this your stuff, you're kind of, oh, when do I have time for this, or when do I have time for that? point blank of this episode kind of being you know this one <laughs> a few days late here because of our busy summer and everything else but we kind of knew it was bound to happen and we weren't much uh on kind of pre-recording episodes we've kind of been recording yeah. in between each yeah. episode you know so we knew summer was going to go away from us but uh in the end it's great to hear the feedback from people to keep going through this and, and enjoy enjoying it and doing it you know yeah, and I, one of the guys, he, he wasn't even a steam engine guy. He just, he, he likes old equipment, and he came up. He's like, yeah, I don't have a steam engine or a tractor or anything, but he's like, I, I drive a lot for work, and he says, I just, I like listening to you guys. You guys have a lot to talk about, and it's interesting stuff, and he just appreciated it. So I, I thought that was cool, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've heard that, uh, I've heard a little bit of feedback from some people that I'm friends with on Facebook that, just aren't, you know, local friends or whatever that aren't into steam engines at all. And, and, uh, you know, Hey, I listen to this or Hey, I listen to that. You know? And I'm like, really, I, w- I, f- I didn't even figure you'd waste your time with it. Cause you're not into steam engines or whatever, you know, but it's kind yeah, of the same yeah. comment. They just enjoyed the conversation or enjoyed the hearing people's stories or whatever, you know? Yep. So. Uh, if, so for anyone that, uh, that missed the, the Mason show and you'd like to, see more of it uh mark i just seen just before we got on here uh mark corson if you guys don't know who that is uh i forget what his username is on farm farm show something old farm on youtube show old, old farm show yeah, yeah I think that's, that's right, right yeah old old farm show on youtube if you jump on there 
he has uploaded uh, it's like a 45 minute video of uh, like snipped videos that he uh, recorded throughout the weekend at Mason. So uh, jump out there, have a look. Uh, that'll give you a, a little bit of an overview of all the activity that went on, some of the equipment that was there, and you're likely to see me in some of the videos. So be probably prepared. on your Altman Taylor because you're 22, just sat there all weekend. I'm sure. Well, I'd like to say that's the case, but I gave my 22 a pretty good workout. <laughs> we, uh, we we sawed with it on uh, on Friday, uh, yeah. And uh, our Sawyer there, uh, him and I get along get along real well. We've known each other for a long, long, long time, and uh, we we were joking before uh, before we started sawing there. Uh, he's like, ah, oh, don't worry, it's just a, a a couple of there's some cotton cottonwood logs and something else or something. And I said, "Oh yeah, I don't. I know I don't have nothing to worry. You can't stall me, anyways." <laughs> he, uh, he looks at me and well, kind of gives me a little squint eye. And my dad was standing there. My dad started laughing, and somebody else was standing there. They started laughing. Oh, there was a couple times he started really leaning on it, and he'd pick his head up and he'd start grinning at me. And the old twenty-two hung right in there. <laughs> that always makes good fun. You get a good Sawyer like that. That you know, can really work an inch of that limit, but not too much and, and not to the boredom of not enough, you know? Yeah. Yep. And never through the belt or nothing. We had some pretty good uh, belt dressing on there. Actually, you know, this belt dressing, let's talk about that for a second. You know, you, you'd order that uh, stuff there from uh, Bowman belts. Uh-huh. That's that black stuff that's in those tin cans. That's what, uh, that's what we had on the, uh, on the sawmill belt. Uh-huh. Man, that thing never slipped or squealed or nothing. Really? It doesn't yeah, seem so like that other stuff that Bowman made, like that you had, was, uh, it was almost, oh man, it was really tacky and sticky or whatever, but we've used that other stuff a little bit more, and it seems to be more of a dressing, uh, maybe it's not as gooey, but it definitely still grips, uh, but I think that there's kind of a fine line of not using too much, you know, is yeah, what I've yeah. seen with it. I do like that other stuff that they have that, like you normally use in the plastic bottle, it really adds some buildup to your pulleys, you know, over time or whatever, which is good or bad or whatever, not either way on that. But uh, where the other stuff in the tin can definitely doesn't seem to do that at all. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> the, the, the stuff in the plastic bottle, that's, that's like Velcro. You got to. When you roll the belt up and then roll it back out oh, at the yeah. next show or something, I mean, you or you even take it off the, the pulley when apart. you get done. Yeah, I mean, it's on there. Yeah, I mean that's that's what really allows us to pull, you know, over a hundred horse on on the dyno with that eight inch belt. You know, you get a usually an eight inch belt's just not not going to hardly hold a hundred horse. And sure. you know, we've had you know we're up to one hundred and twenty horse on three or four different engines that we pulled on there now. That eight-inch belt just hangs right in there with that belt dressing, but without it, I I don't know how you'd get it done. Yeah, we had a little bit of problem with that at Lathrop for the first time uh, because I well it was kind of silly, but the day that we were pulling a bunch of stuff on the dyno, I'd left the belt dressing at the camper and didn't have it mm. with me. Somebody else had something else that wasn't stuff that I was used to using, and I mean like, man, you get up. 70 80 horse and that's like the most you could get the belt would just start slipping that's that's all she was going to hold you know yeah uh, and i you know i when it gets to that point i mean people start backing into the belts harder and man i just don't really like doing that sure, one, for yeah. one it too much i mean it's extra stress on your crankshaft but man you got to stake the dyno down that much harder and yeah we've kind of 
we've got ours set up now to where you don't really even have to drive a stake in the ground because we've got a little uh, cleat that goes out in front of the, the mm-hmm. belt pulley and we lock wheel chalk the uh, the wheels on the dyno and man you just back into it and you kind of give it a slap and it's kind of half tight I mean it'll, it'll hold I mean we'll we'll even run the belt dragging on the ground sometimes just if we're just playing around there or whatever sure yeah some good dressing goes a long ways and and then all of a sudden you get, switch all these engines out six or eight engines and man you can go through a bottle of belt dressing pretty, pretty damn, quick, damn when, quick yeah well all these flywheels they keep robbing the the belt dressing off of the belt you know so you got to keep putting it on there yeah and i guess that's something we might mention if anybody needs some good belt dressing uh jake and i both use it uh bowman belts i don't have the information readily available but if if you need some just message us and we can get you the the information i the guys in ohio if i remember right uh amish fellow or whatever that that makes the stuff and really easy to deal with and reasonable price and all that kind of stuff so it is it's top-notch belt dressing he's the I guess we were just referring it to the tin can and the plastic bottle. Uh, the plastic bottle is what they call the the original recipe, and that's the one that's like Velcro. That's the that stuff is really really good. But the I guess the con to that is just it does add a little bit of buildup on your flywheel or on the belt pulley for whatever the implement is. Uh, this new recipe comes in a tin can, and you know, that kind of what Chris and I were saying. It's it's sticky and it works. Um, I don't know as, if it lasts as long. And you got to be careful putting it on because if you put it on too much, too heavy, it's, really uh, get her slick. It, it kind of, yeah, it kind of becomes a little slippery. So I think you said uh, it pretty good though, like using the stuff in the plastic bottle, like on the dyno situation. And I think the other stuff probably does work better in a in the longevity situation of like a sawmill or something like that. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when you're switching engines out all the time, it's uh, yeah, that's just another thing to deal with. But and then. The belt lays down in the dirt when you take it off or whatever. Yeah, one of them things. Sure, sure. Yeah, we've been working on a little bit of stuff here and there uh, amongst everyday work, of course, and had the chance to get the boiler out of that Marion steam shovel that I mentioned before there in one afternoon there, Dad and I. Or I worked on it most of the day. Dad kind of helped me in the afternoon get it out of there, kind of had to take the roof off the thing to get it up, lift it out of there after almost a hundred years of being in the thing, you know, which was kind of neat and, you know, get the condition of the boiler and decide what the, what the next step is with that thing. But it it was really, it was a fun, enjoyable five, six hour long project or whatever it ended up being there of, of getting the boiler out of there and seeing how the thing was put together and, and seeing what shape it was in, you know, that's always kind of, I didn't get a ride out of it like Jake most of the time, but, uh, it was a little (laughs) past that point, but, uh, it, uh, it's still a thought. I mean, we've talked about hooking the air compressor up to the main steam line or something like that without the boiler in it, but it, uh, it it was pretty neat to get the thing out of there. And then we've been, uh, basically, I mean, I guess today kind of marks the fourth time that we've, ran the case road roller since kind of finishing up the restoration on it uh we ran it a couple times before we had the, all the wheel scrapers on it and then uh have ran it a couple times now after having the wheel scrapers on it we were waiting on some castings from cattail there for a while and finally got all that stuff earlier in the month and got everything painted and put it on and it's it's basically i mean it's i say it's done but we still plan on building the canopy for it this winter and and my dad wants to put a jacket on the barrel, but uh, other than that stuff, it's 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 done. It's finished. It, it runs great. Um, 
couldn't be any happier with it. It's been a lot of fun to run around the shop and get used to that power steering and, you know, cruise up and down the the road or the the yard or, you know, whatever there. It, it's been a lot of fun. We're getting ready to haul it over to McLeod, Kansas this weekend. Um, they're having a big tractor pull over there, and we kind of go over there with a steam engine usually and pull the tractor pull and to kind of promote the McLeod Steam Show that's in September. And this year we're going to take the road roller over there and play around with it over there and roll the track a little bit, probably even pull the tractor pull out and see how far we can go before we spin out and have some fun there. But that's uh, it's kind of been a, a long project finally coming to a head and, and finally seeing uh, some outcome to it, you know. Uh, one of the guys that works for us, Chris, Chris Hunsaker, he uh, he kind of got his first ride on it today, uh, later in the day there, and he was like, you know, I really didn't think this thing was that cool when you first brought it in here. He said, <laughs> and I kind of giggled about that. <laughs> I was like, you know, you're right. When it when it came to the shop, I I hadn't really posted any pictures on Facebook of it yet because I was waiting to get the scrapers and everything on it. And tomorrow we're gonna wash the thing up to get it ready to take over there to McLeod, and I'd like to get some really good pictures of it. Uh, sitting outside kind of all complete but uh i'll have to post a before picture because i i've seen a lot of before pictures and don't get me wrong engines start out rough but this thing was the most incomplete rough thing that i think we've ever started with uh there was just a lot of work that put into the thing basically over the past three years and uh finally being able to enjoy it and run it and and run just really flawlessly uh very little to no gear noise and the engine's just all you hear is the lubricator up there clicking at you and when you want run one around like that when you get done with it you know you did something right i guess so oh yeah yeah it's, uh, do the uh can you those scrapers that you put on can, can you hear those scraping uh, it, not very excessively no so you can adjust the spring pressure mm-hmm. on all of them so really we just have oh, the spring sure. pressure uh set pretty lightly uh, when I'm up steering the thing around or driving the thing around or anything like that, I do not notice them at all. If you walk along the side of the thing, you'll, you'll kind of look over and be like, oh, that, that wheel scraper scraping or whatever. No, it's not like a loud scraping noise or, or anything like that, really. Yeah, yeah. It's literally Can just you... enough to keep the buildup from happening on the wheels. We drove it around a couple times before the scrapers and, um... Uh, kind of the first time we fired the thing up of course it started just downpouring throughout the middle of the day so as we drove it around it really got some build up on the wheels and in mud and everything else where uh we had a pretty good rainstorm uh sunday into monday and then yesterday again too and even this morning but it's dried up a little bit but like running around the day in a little bit of slop or mud the wheels just end up completely clean uh really you don't notice it at all because that stuff just gets straight scraped right off of there oh sure can uh, can you imagine trying to build a road with one of them things? Oh, I wouldn't build it with anything else. Um, after owning and owning a two wheel road roller and and oh, running yeah, another yeah. one, uh, I mean it's a freaking Cadillac over a two wheel roller. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. and I would say like our the two other two wheel rollers that I've ran did not have power steering, um, so that definitely has a factor to do with it. Uh, oh, yeah. but just the functionality of how you run it, uh, it is quite a bit more handful than even running a normal traction engine because it rolls so easy. It doesn't have oh, cleats sure. that are sitting there. So, I mean, you know what our places look like, it's pretty hilly. So you're kind of constantly back in the quadrant lever up to slow yourself down or whatever. 
And in the midst of that, trying to make sure you're steering the right damn way, you know, it's still kind of a handful on your own, especially just getting used to it. I mean, I'd ran a 110 like one other time in my life, uh, but the power steering is kind of the same power steering, but the way the lever works is, is different. Um, so getting used to that and how all that works, uh, it, it can be quite a handful by yourself. Dad and I spent quite a few hours today on it, uh, him running the levers and I was running the steering and it was so enjoyable to sit there and one guy just focus on to making sure that you're not steering like an idiot in a, uh, going in the curve or, sure, yeah. or backing up the wrong way or whatever. Uh, it was a lot of fun, you know? Uh, and two, if you were at a show that had, uh, wasn't as hilly or was more flat open, uh, you know, running the thing around one person wouldn't be as near as a handful as it is at our place as you're rolling down a hill when you're backing up or whatever, you know? Sure. Sure. So on a, on a roller versus the 110, which is both power steering, the 110 has a lever that's kind of upright and you push it forward. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think you get, what is it? Push forward and you go right and on the 1911s push forward and you go right and pull back, you go left. I think mm-hmm. somebody will correct, somebody will correct me for that. Hopefully yep. one of the Minnesota yeah, guys could die. And then, so on the roller though, it's not a lever that's upright. It's a lever that's horizontal and you shift it left to right. Correct. C- correct. Yeah. Basically there's a, you know, the same rod comes to the back to a lever back there, but you have a, a wood stick basically is what it is. That's a, Oh, it's about an inch and a quarter around and the, the width of the wing sheet back there. Uh, that has a couple yokes that it you sit there and rock it to the left or rock it to the right to steer the thing. And, uh, you know, it's just a, as gradual as, as pushing it over one way. We we played around with the springs. There's kind of a centering spring on it. I don't know if 110 has a centering spring, does it? Uh, there is, I think some of them had something. Okay. Somebody, but, I swear we were just talking about this with somebody. So this thing has a centering spring. So if you just let go of the lever... It'll just go back to center and and won't turn the steering at all most of the time. Every once in a while, I mean, let's face it, these these clutches are cones. If you push on the cone hard enough, it's going to get stuck in the cone, you know. So every once in a while, you might have to kind of jolt it back the other way to get the cone to pop out or something like that. But for the most part, you're just pushing this stick one way or the other way to steer the thing back and forth. And, you know, you can... a little bit differently than 110 is you can kind of peek right over to the right hand side and you can see the steering shaft going down to the worm and you can sit there in your head and you're like well it's just like steering a steering wheel if it's going left you're going left if it's going right you're going right so you can kind of keep that in your head as you're running the thing especially in reverse because everything's backwards you know hey this is the way i want to back up or whatever but um you know, slow maneuvering around, uh, the steering is not horribly fast by any means, uh, versus if you're out like today, when dad and I were running around, we were going up in the driveway a bunch and over on some, uh, kind of a storage area we have off to the side of the driveway, some asphalt millings and stuff. And, and he was basically running the, un- the engine a lot faster up against the governor or whatever, you know, and, and then it steers quite a bit faster as you're going, but you still have to think about it just as much to make sure you're going the right way or not sure. overcorrect too much or whatever, you know. Sounds like the perfect engine to do a block race with, huh? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you would be showing off then. <laughs> I told Dad today uh, that our, our – oh, they call it puddle jumpers, but it's kind of our town fair uh, that's this coming weekend – 
and uh, I told him, I says, man, I said, now we finally got something we can, we can take up there to the parade. We need to take it to the parade in town, you know? And he's like, well, I never thought about that, you know? And I was there like, you I, go. I don't know why not, you know, it'd be a lot of fun there. You can't complain about tearing up the streets or anything else, you know? Yeah, it would, that'd be fun. That'd be the star of the show. Oh, yeah. I, I told him today it was, oh, he fired it up when he got out of lunch there. And about an hour later, he had steam. And I said, let's load up with wood. Let's drive it to the house, you know. And he's like, oh, I don't know about that yet, you know. And I don't, it runs, I don't know what the, if there's a uh, mile per hour in the catalog or anything like that. But it is geared higher than a normal traction engine. Um, so, like, driving around, you get quite a bit more exhaust sound than a traction engine because it's higher geared and, and just a little bit that much more, a little bit load on the engine and whatnot. You know, uh, I figured that you would be driving the thing around and it would just kind of be this unimpressive thing. That's not making much exhaust noise or whatever, but it's got a nice little bark to it when you're running around, especially on any kind of really, uh, uh you know, just a slight grade, you really get the thing barking because of the, the little bit different in geardness and, and how it pulls and everything. I wonder if it's just because the wheels are a little bit bigger in diameter. It could be, yeah. I mean, the gearing may be very similar, and, and yeah, the wheels are taller. That was the, you know, it's got a 36-inch flywheel on it, and the reason for that is is because the damn flywheel would hit the wheel if it had a 40-inch flywheel yeah. on it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's, I'm, it's just like Chris that works for us said that, uh, you know, it wasn't, didn't look near as fun when we first started on it. And now that it's all together, it, it, I'm really looking forward to getting some runtime on it. And we haven't even done any belt work with it yet or anything like that. Um, when it's at the McLeod show, which is, I don't know the exact dates, but like the third weekend in September or something or other, we'll be running the sawmill with it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, you know, you can do belt work with it just like you can drive around and, you know, roll the roads or roll the grass or whatever you want to roll. Unlike a two wheel <laughs> roller, like we had in the past, uh, you know, basically just driving around and it right. had a very small seat on it. Basically. I mean, you could kind of, we had made a different seat for it. We kind of get two guys on it, but on, on this thing, you got contractor bunkers and the whole family can get up there with you and go tootling around on the thing, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I can't hardly believe how much you're talking about the thing that you like it that much. <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, uh, the first day we had it fired up there at the shop, Jay Christman was down, uh, we had done a little bit of repair to his 22 horse advance and we fired it up the same day, uh, that we fired the roller up for the first time. And, uh, then again, it was a wet, muddy day and, and the first day running it, we had to do a few adjustments on the wood block and the main bearings and kind of getting everything happy. And, you know, it was basically the, the first time it ran since, I mean, I can't think of anything that did not get touched on the engine, uh, it's the original crankshaft. I guess that's all I can say for it. I mean, everything, all new rod <laughs> bearings, uh, all new valve gear work, uh, thing was bored, valve faced. I mean, just everything, you know. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of things that go into play there of, of making sure everything's happy and, and running good and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, you kind of get that out of the first two runs of the thing of, of getting all those things t- taken care of and gaskets on the preheater leaking a little bit and stuff like that, you know. Uh, but you get yeah. that out of the way and you can kind of sit there and enjoy the thing. And, oh, uh, I guess last Friday we had the f- thing fired up and, uh, one of the other guys that works for us, uh, Kyle Bon Arns, uh, I said, you want to go for a ride? And, uh, Kyle is kind of the type of guy that he's a little bit on the quiet side and he doesn't get excited about too much. He comes in and does a great job and, 
uh, that sort of thing. And uh, I caught him as uh, he was getting a drink of water out of the fridge there on hot Missouri day. And I said, hey, you want to go for a ride? And boy, I never seen him perk up like that, you know. And we, <laughs> he says, yeah, let's go. So we drove up down the road, you know, and one thing or another. And then, uh, like I said, again today, he had the thing fired up and, and driving it around. And, and really kind of the, the last two times we had the thing fired up and just seeing everything come together and everything you know, being happy with each other and everything's quiet and gearing's quiet and the engine's really quiet and just sit there and hear the lubricator tick or the, the scrapers on the wheels and that's about it, you know. It, everything's really came together on the thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it in person in October when we come down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're driving to my house. That's all there is to it. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm all about it. <laughs> We're going to have to hook a couple wagons on and go for the house, I'd say. Uh, that's what I was telling Dad. I, I, I'm i pretty sure that I'd seen videos or pictures or whatever at Andover that they uh, load the thing, the roller up with yeah. a couple wagons on and head to the bar, you know. And I said, well, yeah. you know, the bar is a few miles from our house. I mean, it's it's <laughs> seven, eight miles of town. I don't know if we're going to get that risky, but we'll definitely go to, to my house or whatever mile up the road. Yeah, yeah. Surely you won't leave any marks there on the asphalt road. Oh, or no, no, no. You know, all the wheels, the rear wheels uh, have plugs in them now, but you can put spikes in them. As long as we, we leave the spikes out, we'll be okay with the county there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'd like that. No, no, I don't think so at all. So. Uh, hey, I, I don't know if you're kind of half paying attention here in the background, but there is a there's an auction sale ending tonight. Oh, yeah, I'm an auction. 30, yeah, with 3060 Elton Taylor coming up here and, and several other tractors, but. 3060s, kind of the, the well, it's lot number one for for reason there, kind of the big big thing on the sale there, and well, I guess it looks like there's a minute and five seconds left with this uh, kind of ongoing bidding and sitting there at ninety one thousand uh, dollars before you know your buyer's premium and all that kind of stuff. But um, man, I don't know what kind of from the pictures I see there, it doesn't look like too bad of a tractor. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I really have been trying my best to avoid auction sites. Uh, because <laughs> like that track for right now, I'd be sitting here like, oh my goodness, you know, I haven't looked at many pictures of it, but it's kind of tempting. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of auctions out there and, and, uh, you know, prices are kind of all over the board lots of times. And, you know, some people that, uh, want to get into the hobby or want to add that next piece to them, you know, you got to kind of stay on top of that stuff. I used to really stay on top of the auction stuff for a long time when I was really hunting and searching for stuff and, here lately, it seems like I've been pretty happy with what we got and haven't really changed much hands with stuff and things like that, so I haven't watched the stuff as closely. But I, I had been watching that auction to see what that Altman Taylor does because it's, it's just like you said, it, it really doesn't look, it looks like a pretty decent tractor. Yeah, I don't, I don't know nothing about it other than I, it looks really complete. And well, it's a front exhaust um, Altman Taylor, so a little bit earlier, but yeah, it looks, looks like a pretty decent tractor. I don't know, 91000 doesn't really sound like too bad of a price to me. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of, go, go back on the Crosby there, and uh, to see that 3060 Altman Taylor that came from that uh, almond auction that was, was it in Virginia, is that correct? No, ten, Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Uh, uh, one of our buddies, Scott Voke, he went into getting the thing running and all that, and we kind of helped him out there. And, you know, seeing that thing running around and, and all that up there at the show, I'm like, man, that was really a pretty decent tractor, you know? Yeah, I, I'm 
I think that brought just a little bit less than 91, but it didn't have the extension rims on it like this one does. Sure, yeah. And, you know, something like that. And the the crankcase on that one had been kind of broken up and put back together. But, mm-hmm. yeah, man, we got that thing started up and... Had a lot of fun with it. Thrash, yeah. yeah, thrashed with it and rode it around, and we took it out and we plowed with it. That's not too bad to you know buy something and bring it home and fire the thing up and go work with it. Sure. So there yeah. we go. We're going. We're down to one second. There you go. It just ended. There so, it is. So, some someone is the proud owner of a pretty nice looking thirty sixty Altman Taylor for ninety one thousand. Yeah, so while we're um, change the subject just a little bit here, uh, Jake and I have been talking a little bit there about future episodes, and uh, of course we have this long list that we made up in the beginning of starting this podcast of people we'd like to have on here and all this kind of stuff, and we got to talking tonight about, you know, at some point we would really like to make a Facebook post of, uh, in the comments, you know, have one of our guest names or all the, the previous guest names, and basically take it up for a vote of who you'd like to have on, you know, another episode or a second episode featuring this person, you know, by the amount of likes that they have and all that kind of stuff. So keep that in mind. Uh, I'd say we'll probably get a few more episodes under our belt and kind of give the, you know, at least maybe, you know, 15, 20 people of, uh, to vote on and, and decide who you'd like to have on the episode and, and go from there. But that was kind of a, a neat idea that we had, talked about earlier today and and thought that uh you know in the end uh we're making the show for the listeners and you know we want to give the listeners what they want to listen to yep and bring it up again here is uh we really enjoyed the the questions that you guys have sent in man keep them coming it uh it helps chris and i keep this thing lively kind of uh challenges us a little bit to 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 think and come up with uh you know our thoughts to the questions that folks have and I mean, that's really how our conversations go when we go to shows, too, is there's somebody will bring a question up or they'll make a comment, and the kind of the conversation goes for, you know, the next two hours, and that's that's what we like. So so bring bring some stuff up and uh, uh, questions or comments or a topic you guys want us to, to cover. We'll, uh, we'll see if we can't integrate that and have a conversation about it. Yep, yep. So what do you got uh, going on the kind of the next month here? Do you have any more shows you're headed to? Man, so I mentioned earlier we got June and July. We we blinked our eyes and we're into August. And I gotta say, it's gonna we're gonna blink our eyes again and we're gonna be through August. So this this coming weekend we're taking a break from steam and gas. We got a family reunion for my uh, my wife's side of the family. So we go up and just kind of camp, which is kind of a nice little reset after our show. Uh, we do that every year. So that's this weekend. But the following weekend uh, is. Uh, LaGrange, Indiana, and they're featuring Case down there. And uh, my dad's taking his uh, freshly restored uh, 12 horse case down there. So we're going to go down for the for the weekend and, and play around. And that's just a Thursday, Friday, Saturday show. So we'll probably load up Saturday afternoon or early evening and, and come back this way. Uh, after that, though, uh, weekend break there to clean some more stuff up. And then I'm taking the, uh, the 22 advance to the Clarksville Stephen gas show, which is about 45 miles uh, straight West of us, uh, kind of like central West central Michigan. Um, that's a, that's a lot of fun for those. Those of you guys that don't know, uh, Clarksville Stephen gas show. It's a, <clears throat> it's basically a sawmill show. And, uh, uh, the Blau family, they, they have a sawmill set up there that they used to use is their uh, production mill uh, at their their sawmill in town. And uh, 
it's a it's a circle mill and it's a hydraulic driven uh, mill, and they run three steam engines on the same arbor to power that mill. And let me tell you, you get a workout, buddy. You better be ready to fire. You better have an engine that's in tip-top shape because you're going to run from sunup to sundown, and you're going to do some serious sawing. It is it is a lot of fun. Really looking forward to, to taking the 22 up there this year. Yeah, that's uh, that's always one on my list. I'd like to make it up there. Unfortunately, it's kind of a conflicting date with one of my home shows, but uh you know, every once in a while, you kind of have to veer off the path and go check something new out, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, after that, we can we get into that a little later on. But that's kind of the, the forecast for the next couple of weekends. And that's not to, not to mention the that Rushville, Indiana is coming up here uh, this coming weekend, which, uh, unfortunately, I will not make it down to. But I'm sure they're going to have a great show. They've got a really, really cool showgrounds i don't have you ever been there chris i have no i have not ever been there at all man that's a that's a really really nice showgrounds and they get a lot of steam engines there and they've got a ton of activity they saw all day they've got a brake they've got a power eater they've got baker fans uh they go out and they plow it's a it's a really active show and pretty well-rounded show there's a pretty good flea market there and well there's a lot of uh rubber tire tractors and yeah, it doesn't seem like they always get uh, a ton of prairie tractors there, but uh, there's a pretty well-rounded show, and uh, it's one that I like to get to um, as often as I can. Unfortunately, it just doesn't always work out, but it's a really, really nice show. Yeah, we should, uh, you know, anybody that listens that's that's from that show, uh, you know, you should reach out to us, and maybe we'll get you on the next episode, you know, kind of post-show, and, uh, you know, get you on there and, and tell us a little bit more about it and how the show went and all that kind of stuff. Uh, as of right now, you know, usually we would release the next episode, like say on the 14th of August. So if you're involved with that show, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on there. Yeah. It'd be nice to hear from someone that was there, see how it all went and everything. And yeah, I hope you guys have a good show. Kind of a little forecast there. Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of got a, a busy next kind of three weekends. Uh, this weekend's kind of a little more laid back. Uh, like I said earlier, kind of going over to promote the McLeod, uh steam show at a big tractor pull that they um, feature every year. It's a Friday, Saturday thing this year, which normally it's just a Saturday thing, big sanctioned event. And, and, uh, you know, start, I think it starts at seven o'clock in the evening and usually runs well past midnight every night and, and all that stuff. But then after that, um, be August, uh, 11th, 12th and 13th is the Platte city, uh, steam and gas show in Platte city, Missouri. And then the following weekend after that would be the 18, 19, 20th is the Hamilton, Missouri Steam Show. So uh, we'll be attending uh, both those shows and uh, taking either. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the plan is for Platte City. Their feats are in case. Um, I don't think we were going to take the road roller. I thought we we talked about taking the 50 case. We'll see what happens. Uh, but then the following weekend for Hamilton, we were going to take our 4080 Avery tractor up there. Uh, there are several steam engines that show there, and in the last couple of years, we've been trying to take a piece of gas equipment up there to kind of, you know, showcase that stuff a little bit and get something different at the show. So that was kind of our plans for this year. Yeah, it's going to go by quick. <clears throat> It'll be the end of the month before we know it here. So. Yeah, and then you're into Labor Day, and Labor oh, yeah. Day is full of some really, really good and big shows, kind of all across the country seems like you can hit a couple of them if you plan your plan your weekend out to, uh, accordingly and kind of make a loop or whatever and hit a couple of them all, out, all at once there. 
and that's you know think about uh starting to put stuff away after that so yeah you guys headed anywhere big for labor day that you know of yet well i don't know you know the the guys from rolog were uh, a couple guys from rolog were down at mason this uh this last weekend and they really enjoyed being there and it was a lot of fun having them there um they 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 really like for us to come back to rolog and we've been there the last i don't know two out of the last five years or something like that and we always have a really good time with them and uh, well, I, my wife got talking to that one one of their wives there, and they were asking if we were going to come up, and they offered up, you know, our uh, their house to us, and yeah, you know, it's just warm welcomes all across the country wherever you go, and you're meeting these people, and mm-hmm. uh, hard to pass up things like that. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're going to do. There's a lot of options there yet. Sure. Too too far out to to say for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say we're going to wrap up this episode 11. Uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, sorry for being a little late here with the busy summer, but uh, I don't, I say I don't foresee it for happening again, but we'll just have to see what happens. Hopefully uh, here in a couple months, winter will set in, and uh, things won't be a hectic for us and, and bring them to you more regularly, but uh, we'll try our best to keep things coming to you, and, and like I said, give us some feedback, uh, reach out to us on Facebook, Send us the questions. Uh, just keep it all coming to us, and we'll keep bringing it to you. Okay. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. See you guys later. Thank you. See ya.